Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. My ears are so bad at the moment. I actually have a little bit of a, a wound right now inside of my ear from wearing it. We've all got injuries in our ears. This is, people don't understand. The Do they? Trauma. They just think, oh, a podcast comes out. There's no uh-huh. suffering involved, but phew, they're wrong. Might be if you listen to it. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, Kai. Charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. We'd like to thank our new patrons, Paula and Joe. Speaking of which, we just changed our Patreon tiers. We're offering a whole new bunch of rewards, including a community group, ad free episodes, and exclusive content. This is only accessible so long as you've rejoined the tiers. So head to the Patreon page and have a look. How did you get a wound, Alison? Maureen. Thank you for asking. I think I have an allergy to silicone, and I think my ears oh. are getting... I know! I know, isn't that upsetting? Anyway, yeah, I think that's what's happening. Can you paint it with nail varnish? I don't know, that's what you do with earrings. <laughs> cheap earrings, isn't it? That is cheap paint earrings. Paint with nail varnish. I start to get that thing on my ears where I get, like, um, firstly, a sweaty ear. No one likes a sweaty ear. And secondly, it goes dead. I get dead ears. How about a crusty ear? Oh, Maureen, don't bring it so close to the camera, please. Oh, that doesn't look as bad as it was on Tuesday. Yeah, Monday. No, Monday was worse. So Jen and I were filming, which is what you want when you're filming, is to have crusty ears, mm-hmm. I think. That was a character trait that wasn't in the script, but I thought I'd bring it. It wasn't, but we blend it, it in. It wasn't, but I've added a layer, because that's love actress. I thought, let's have crusty ears in this character. This character is very stressed, so she could have had a crusty ear. It's absolutely within the realms of possibility. So, <laughs> yes, Maureen and I were filming... I saw that. I saw your wedding photo. Oh, you saw our wedding photo. That's got nothing to do with our set, by the way. No. That was where we were having our breakout time. That was like the green room. Yeah. 
Oh my god, that's a beautiful green room. Because I was like, I wonder what they're filming. Because I was like, no, it's a got nothing to do with a beautiful s- wedding set. No, I just said, oh, we've got to take a photo. We were in a wedding reception room, so it's like a generic wedding reception room. You can hire this hall and have it for your wedding reception in a market in North London. That's right. I said in a market. I haven't seen a market like this for years. A proper market. Old school market. So the very idea that you would go, try not to, I don't want to be a snob, okay, but the very idea that you would have your wedding, yeah, then you'd walk through this old school market where they're like selling four aubergines for a pound. Yeah. There's a butcher's there and it's like a meat market. A mobile phone repair shop in one corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of that. Clothes that are like less than 50p. (laughs) But I just love the very idea that you've had your wedding and then you just walk through this market with the smell of like raw chicken and like walking over some like, you know, cabbages and just to get to your reception area. It was like it was completely incongruous. It didn't make any sense at all. But but and yet there we were. um, And Maureen saw what were like these two chairs with this big floral thing. And she went, she proposed. And I said, yes. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, that's a wedding place. That's there all the time. So whoever's getting married, you sit on those two chairs as a married couple in front of whatever the fuck that was behind us. And that is your (laughs) wedding photo. Yeah, (laughs) that is what you're doing. And I couldn't believe it. Chloe was like, she saw the picture and she went, wow, this set that you're on for your show is absolutely. I mean, that's incredible. They've gone to so much effort. I was like, that's not even on a set. That's just the green room. I mean, now I'm wishing that was our set because that was incredible. Our set was in one of the smallest and, may I say, smelliest pubs <laughs> within the market. It's in the market, this pub, right? So we're trying to film and we all we can hear is, All right, so get your tomatoes here. 48 tomatoes for 50p. 48 tomatoes for 50p. Honestly, wasn't there it's more? Really there was, it's a cheap market. I, I mean, I, I've just randomly said that number 48. I think there were more. You know when they, in most London markets, they, you get like, oh, they put it in a bowl, don't they? Whatever's in, yeah, the bowl in the bowl is a pound, okay? Yeah. Well, they were cramming stuff on this. They weren't being stingy. There was like cherry tomatoes in a bucket for a pound. I feel like going back there because it's a bloody good market and it was packed. I was going to say, if it's good deals. Asta's next door, right? People are like, I'm not going to Asta. That's expensive. Not when I can get 48 tomatoes for 10p. Exactly. Are you kidding? Monday, Tuesday, and it was rammed. And, of course, great fun between four and six when the school kids are out. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of noise bleed. Because, yeah, the pub was also opposite a uh, playground. <laughs> As it should be. It wasn't a playground. But you know what I mean? It's a little rest area, wasn't it? Because <laughs> yeah, if they'd have put a, a picture, uh, that would have been bad location. <laughs> I'd had a word with the location manager and said, mate, why have you picked a pub across from a playground? That's insane. It was a great looking pub anyway. If you mean by great looking, it was awful. Yeah, it was great looking. Yeah, but it gave you the feel of an old man's pub, basically. It didn't give you the feel of an old man's pub. It was an old man's (laughs) pub. There wasn't like, let's try and make this give the vibe of an old man's pub. It was an old man's pub that some old men would be like, no, I think I'll go somewhere else. When we first arrived, I was like, I don't even know if I can manage the smell. I didn't notice the smell, to be honest. Of course, Maureen doesn't notice anything to do with hygiene. I thought <laughs> it smells of a cross between stale beer, piss, and like maybe antiseptic, where they've gone, let's try and cover up the smell of piss. Ugh. 
And do you know, it just hits the back of your throat. You think, I can taste it. That's how smelly it is. Anyway, within about five minutes, I couldn't smell it anymore. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> because you became one with the scent. We all became one with the scent. You walked out of there. <laughs> Everyone's like... Everybody, Ooh. when they first walked in, was like, mother of God. And then five minutes later, nobody noticed it. Also, because it's a short and it's like they've got no budget, everyone that's doing it is doing it for the love. No one's really getting paid. And we had to film 10 minutes of TV in two days. Well, it might be a bit longer, but I think they try to get it down to like a 10 minute and then 10 minutes of dialogue and then maybe whatever, it ends up being 15. I can't remember. This is the stand-up comedian in my head going, I love, love, love that we're getting all this, you know, would you like this, would you like that? But I could do without all of that and just pay me more money. Okay, that's... <laughs> yeah. You know, swerve the, would you like water every five minutes? Because I'm 47 and I could do that myself. Yeah, but they got the waters at the market. It was like 200 for a pound. Sure. So they were like, please, more water? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, just, just don't pop the old. It was a privilege to do it. It was. And we were very grateful. And we were working with very, very, very talented people who were all working for like less than they should. They're not like, oh, I'm just giving this a go. They're like professionals who are doing oh, yeah. it, hoping that, you know, the, the short might go to series and then we'll all, it'll all be a happy day. But that was fun. Yeah, we enjoyed it. And I am so tired. <laughs> How was your week, Alison? Talk to us. I noticed seeing your coffee there with the extra froth. Yeah. This is a Jen Brister gift. Are you kidding? I made a really big cup, too, this morning. Look, I didn't record anything fancy like you gals. I did a podcast. Hey, that's fancy. Hey! Hey! Nothing nearly as exciting as this podcast. Surely, Alison! Surely not. Surely not, everyone. All they did was quiz me on Canada, ironically. They were like, let me ask you some more questions about Canada. I was like, you bet. Is it big? (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I don't think you have any concept of the size of Canada. They're like, what are the differences between the UK and Canada? I was like, size, size and people, size and people. Yeah, very, very. And they're like, so what do you mean by that? I was like, I mean size and people. I mean the amount of people <laughs> in the size of a space. Like, There's a lot of space. Yeah. You get pretty quickly in this country. That's the first thing you have to adjust to. And if you grow up here, you don't realize it because this is what you live in. But I'm used to even just like stairwells being bigger. Like the first time I walked upstairs in people's houses, I was like, why is it so tiny? Because everything was built many years God, ago. God, you must have fun in the Netherlands. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, the Netherlands is even more ridiculous. Tiny, tiny. I mean, but you know, what? I realized that when I went to Australia and they said, oh, we're flying over Darwin. And they went, it's another four hours to Sydney. I'm like. Can it be another? It's the same country. It costs me more money to fly across Canada than it does for me to fly from the UK to Canada. That's all I'm what? saying. What? Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. But it's a continent, isn't it? It's not, We you say country, country, but actually you could fit our country probably 50 times in your country. Oh, so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So- I mean, I get an idea of how big Britain is when they go, oh, yeah, Britain is the size of, in America, New York State. You're like, what? And you know they make Britain bigger on the maps than it actually is. Yes, yeah. of course they do. Yeah, if Britain is bigger than France and Spain. So, I mean, we all know that that's... <laughs> we are almost as long as Norway. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, we're not. And this is what I've come to realise is that people are like, Canadians are so nice. I'm like... I think it's just that we have space for a majority of our life, right? We're not on top of one another. In the UK, it's like people are against you at all times like no matter where you go there are people people and so I think people's tolerance of like (laughs) people is a little bit less whereas in Canada you just you got room they're not up on you yeah that's true you got space to breathe you've got horizon 
The only time you can get in a horizon in this country is if you're standing on the beach. But you're not going to get it, <laughs> generally speaking, unless you're in the wilds of Scotland or something or in Yorkshire. There's not really many horizons here. It's just like buildings, buildings, more buildings. Mm-hmm. That, and I think that does affect, affect your mental health. Alison, what was the podcast? So people might want to tune in and listen to you on this podcast. Oh, yeah. It was called, uh, this is very not on brand. I think you'll both appreciate this. It's called Spreading Negativity. What? That is not. <laughs> why the flickety fuck did they ask you on that? You are not right for that. Because they were like, you were the opposite. They're like, every comedian that we talk to is like, Alison June Smith is one of the nicest people you could ever yeah. be in a green room with her that you could spend time with. She'll make you feel comfortable. Da, da, da. So we wanted to have you on spread negativity. So they tried to get me to like talk about things that annoyed me, which things do annoy me. Things do annoy me. Yeah. Well, being asked all the differences between Canada and the UK, that's annoying. Well, (laughs) mate, actually, I was okay, but I'm really seeing your brand here and you are annoying. (laughs) I'm surprised I haven't asked Jen yet. That's weird. I'm not going to go on a bloody podcast called Spreading Negativity to be negative. It's like that doesn't make any sense. It's like no one wants that. It's just like watch one of my bits of stand-up online. (laughs) Anyway, we've had a fun time. It's been a fun week, but... uh, now let's ruin it by finding out what Maureen's be my money moment is. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. <laughs> I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't... I'm, I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. Well, actually, it's from last week because there were so many Be More Maureen moments last week that I actually ran out of time to, to say them all. And it was one, actually, that was commented on by Alison. I thought this was so great. This is the definition of a Be More Maureen moment. I'm trying to get into my phone and I'm having a Be More Maureen moment. I can't bloody get into it. Oh, my God. So basically, what happened was, obviously, I run book club and we were suggesting books and we wanted something light. And I thought, actually, Vov Haas is very, very funny. He's one of my favourite Austrian writers. His first book is called Resurrection. I looked it up, looked up the English version, and it's published by Melville International Crime. And I printed a link for everything. So, look, if you want to suggest this, this is what we could do. It's a very funny book. And then somebody pointed out, I think it was Joe, that it's not in print at the moment in English. (laughs) You can't actually get hold of it. Yeah. There's no way to get it anywhere. Classic book club suggestion there by Maureen Younger. Please do, everybody, join me for book club for this book that you cannot buy in this country. See you there. Well, you can find it in this country in German, but not in English. Maureen, let's make the assumption, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the people reading the books for book club in Britain speak English. I'm going to put it out there. I think you'd be right in that assumption. But Maureen, don't let that stop you from making <laughs> that recommendation for book club. Maureen's there going, how did everyone enjoy the book? Do you mean the book that we could not read? (laughs) Everyone just passed over it so quickly. I was like, hang on, everyone, hang on. This is a moment in the making. We're a part of this one, everyone. I mean, it's a good job that Joe bothered looking because I obviously, I thought, well, it's up there, it's translated. I just didn't realise it's clearly out of print. But you know what? It's probably the perfect book club for you, Maureen, because no one else speaks and you get to have a monologue about how much you love Wolf Haas and how much you love this book. Everyone else would be like, okay, fair enough. But it tickled Alison's fancy. And of course, I didn't even think of it as a Be More Maureen moment until Alison went, that's one. 
That happened online. There was a couple that happened this week when we were filming and I, I've literally forgotten them. But there was a couple where I was like, oh, for God's sake, that's another Be More Maureen. Oh, there she's done another one, you know, but... I don't notice. Maureen, Maureen <laughs> said... Uh, was it? There was a few of us sitting around just waiting for some shot to be made or whatever. She was like, oh, we've got this uh, Be More Maureen moment there in our podcast where I do stupid things. And do you know what? We've done 70 however many episodes and I've never run out of examples. And I said, Boreen, as long as you are breathing, you never bloody will. <laughs> nope. Never will. That's why it's the perfect section for you because uh, we never have to worry. There's always going to be content. <laughs> That's why we've all got our own special sections, haven't we? Maureen's got her Be More moment. Alice, people will always need advice. That's never going to go away. Yeah. And there will never not be a time that someone doesn't piss me off. So we've got our... Perfect sections. That's true. Maureen, thank you very much for your Be My Money moment. It's time to head over to the woman that knows the answer to almost anything. It's Alison Jin Smith. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. So this problem, I love this. Someone wrote in. Here we go. Here we go. And they want to remain anonymous. And just so you know, like I say, everyone remains anonymous unless you want me to specifically say your name. Uh, and it always, please keep the problems coming. This person has a friend they met some years ago. They see each other sometimes at social gatherings, etc. But on a mom's WhatsApp group, Apparently, and this woman is very different. She always wants advice and asks other moms things about, you know, what to do. I wouldn't mind this so much, but her messages are quite showy-offy, and it's clear that she comes from a privileged and wealthy upbringing. I find it difficult to hold my tongue as I just want to rant at her for bringing life's first-world problems to the group, especially when she doesn't seem to think about common sense first. Okay, so this woman is in a dilemma because she's like, this lady is driving me mad. I love the mom's WhatsApp group. She doesn't want to leave the group, but this woman is like doing her head in. She grinds her gears, which I loved. And so I thought that's that's a really good way of putting it. We're all going to run into people that grind our gears in all aspects of our life. And um, sometimes you can't get rid of them. So the first thing I thought about when I saw this, I was like, okay, well, let me do some research. Can you take a person out of a WhatsApp group? No, you cannot. I looked at every possible solution for you. If you're in that group and a person's in that group, you're stuck with that person. I'm sorry. You can't take them out. So she doesn't want to leave the group. So here are some suggestions that I had that we could do just to, like, work with the group. Okay. The other thing, too, to remember, and this is my biggest piece of advice when it comes to dealing with difficult people. Here's what we have to remember. You cannot change other people. All you can change is how you react to the people. That is the only thing we have control over in our life is how we react. You can't change people, unfortunately. I wish we could. So things that you could do to maybe make this a little bit easier. Start turning off your notifications to the WhatsApp group, number one, and only go in when you are ready, okay? You're going to encounter this woman on the WhatsApp group. Number one in WhatsApp groups, turn off the notifications. Otherwise, you're just like ding, 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 ding. I dive in and out as when I'm ready, right? I'm like, okay, let me check out this group, go in. So turn off your notifications, come in when you're ready. Pay attention to what time of the day she posts the most 
and maybe stay off of it then. Because then what you can do is go into the conversation and do what I call selective reading and just read around her. Okay. But if you're on live with them, you can't avoid them. But if you know the times of the day that she usually posts, stay off then, go in later and just skip over and just read the people that you want to read. Okay. Uh, don't go into the group if you're having a bad day. Number one, can I say this? Be in the right mental state to deal with it. Otherwise, you're going to lose your shit. Because you might subconsciously go in there looking for a fight. Which leads me to two. A big one, don't respond to her. Do not, no matter what, do not respond to her, okay? Because you're leading her on. If you do respond, the only response I want to say is one that guides into another conversation. This is a nice one I like to do. Hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that because, boom, take the conversation in a different way. Boom, turn it. Becomes your conversation, okay? Those are some things that you can do. Then I thought, you know what? I'm going to research how to deal with privileged people because, you know, that it might be something. There's a lot of people out there. They got a lot of privilege. Maybe they got a lot of moolah. It's not their fault. But how do we deal with privileged people? And you know what I thought was funny? I went online. And I was like, how to deal with privileged people. And every article was like, how to use your privilege correctly. Are you a privileged person? What to do in society? All all of it was based for privileged people. I was like, oh my God, that says it right there. When all of the articles out there are like formulated for the privileged people, I was like, well, there is no way to not deal with them because uh, they're, they're getting therapy because it's hard being privileged, apparently. I thought that was hysterical. Um, yeah. What was it? Understanding you're a privileged child. How to use your privilege correctly. Oh, my God. Shut it. So anyway, so I, I'm with you. There, I, can't, I can't give you any advice because apparently it's the privileged ones that are suffering, not us. Anyway, which led me to this. At least be grateful that you are aware of privilege and the privilege differences in the world. This person exists in the world not knowing. And you know what? I guess we should be grateful that we can see the difference and understand the difference. So there's a positive. Also, the thing I wanted to bring up is this woman drives you crazy. The things she does. Sometimes things that drive us crazy in other people are things that are within ourselves that drive us a little crazy. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Sometimes that behavior is sometimes things that drive, you know, is is within us. So look at it that way, because sometimes having a self-awareness and a better understanding of our own psychological makeup develops our sense of empathy, which leads me into the only other thing you can do to be able to function with this woman is I think you're going to have to pump up your empathy pump up the empathy. I'm so sorry, but it comes back to us, right? That's what you got to do. So how can you develop more empathy? I got a few quick tools. Here we go. There are two types of empathy. Don't forget this. There's two types of empathy. There is cognitive empathy, which is the ability to understand another person's perspective. And there is emotional empathy, the ability to feel what somebody else feels. So two different types of empathy, thinking, feeling. Okay. So I think to get some cognitive empathy for an annoying person, if you ask yourself, what motivates this person? What is their worldview? Go beyond your own worldview and reflect on what might be affecting their background. What's their cultural background? Okay, so you get a better understanding of maybe why they're this way. To get emotional empathy, picture that person as a small child. 
Okay, if you picture them as a child, you can't hate children. Well, I mean, for the most part, children are pure. I know they're, they're both the ladies are looking at me like no, and one of them has children. Focus on similarities between the two of you. Look, you're obviously on mom's group because you're both moms. You're both going through stuff. You're probably both tired and exhausted. Focus on that stuff. All right. What are they going through that I might be going through? I like this think about this. This is a good exercise to develop empathy. If somebody came to you with the same problem, what would you say to them? Take yourself out of the situation. If you remove yourself from the situation, think about what you would say to somebody else. I think that brings up a little bit of empathy. Acknowledge and praise empathy in others. If you're looking for empathy, you automatically are producing more of it yourself because you're looking to identify it at all times. So if you recognize empathy in someone, say, thanks so much for understanding, or, you know, aren't you good at being able to relate to? I think that's a good thing. Express gratitude. I know I say this all the time, but hey, gratitude lists. Every time you get annoyed, just think of the things in your life that you are grateful for. Foamy coffee is always on my list now because I have a lovely milk foamer because of Jen. So when all goes wrong, I'm like, you know what? A lot of people live without foamy coffee. At least I got foamy coffee now. So gratitude lists really help and accept that the two of you are different. People are different, and that's a good thing. If all we had was the same sort of opinions and the same sort of people in our life, it would get very boring. So it is important to accept that there are different people, and sometimes we can grow and learn from learning to function with them. And if all else fails, I guess you're looking for a new group. Alison, that is, I have to say, very comprehensive advice about how to deal with what is ostensibly just a prick on a WhatsApp group. Yeah, but you know. You know, it's hard, isn't it? Look. I say prick. That's unkind and reductive. And someone who has a different background than you. Sure, exactly, Alison. <laughs> That's exactly how we should be approaching these situations, not in a very reactive way, like I always do, which is, oh fuck her. Look, I've got nothing to add because I would not be. You don't want my advice. because I don't have anything that's going to help you in this particular instance. But I do know what it's like when someone rubs you up the wrong way. It's not always entirely them. It's a bit of you as well. And it's about managing yourself in that situation, Uh isn't it? Rather than trying to, because you can't control them. So it's like, how can I control me? And so that's really good advice about how you manage yourself within the group, whether or not you go into the group, if you're feeling a little bit like sensitive or whether or not you decide to try and think, right, okay, when she's pissing me off, I'm going to try and take a step back and be a little bit detached, a bit more objective about who she is and why she's doing that. And it's got actually nothing to do with me. All of that is great advice. But I do think that takes quite a lot of energy, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, But if you don't want to let go of this WhatsApp group, like, because this person... Just don't read the messages. Yeah, skip over it. But that's why I was like, don't be live, because then you're stuck hearing her thing. You can mute it for a bit. I mean, I've got a couple of WhatsApp groups, and I just don't I just don't read the messages. I know, but when you're in these things, you, you, you're not on it for, like, just social reasons. You're on it because there's stuff in there that you have to know about your Information. kids' school. And you, you yeah. miss it if you don't get on these groups. So... I'm on one. It's actually fine and everyone's fine on it. There's nobody on there that pisses me off at all. But, I mean, I don't really read the, the messages because I, I think, oh, Chloe's on that. But you do need it because there's stuff on there that's like, oh, did you know that on Friday the kids need to have this at school? And it's like, if you miss that and you're not on the school ping or whatever the effort is, which I'm not, yeah. then, yeah. So there's kind of like, anyway whatever that's the admin side of it which means that you have to stay on the bloody group and maybe there's everyone else on there that she likes as well i don't want to leave a group because there's one person on the group i don't like you know yeah. which is also fair enough so maureen did you want to 
No, I just wouldn't read the message. Maureen would easily be able to leave the group. Yeah. That would be no problem for Maureen. What I tend to do if I don't want them to know, I just archive it and then you don't. Great advice. Archive it. Archive it. I don't even know how you do that, but do it. Can't be yeah. hard if Maureen can do it. Yeah, you mute it, archive it, and then you know, you're know you none the wiser what they, what, what they add to it. But technically you're still in the group, so people don't get offended. Ah. I left a WhatsApp group, and uh, when I left it, three people phoned me and went, how did you do that? And I went, I just left. <laughs> they went, I, they're like, I want to leave. And they were like, I said, then leave. And they were like, I can't, it just looks bad. And I went, yeah. But sometimes you just got to do for your mental health. You see, I think it's not right that people. I mean, I made you. I made groups myself. I don't think it's right that people can join you to groups without your knowledge. I think you should have to agree to it or something. Well, I'm really surprised that people can still add you because isn't that informational breaching? Like when somebody well, no, because they've got your number. Yeah, but then they add you to a group, and then you've got everyone's number in that group. Yeah, but your name won't come up. It does, though. If you're not a contact. I get in the people's names that I don't, they're not in my contacts. Yeah, say I can... something like, I don't know, Dana, Cara, Jean. And I'm like, okay, so I know who that is now. And now when I save it, I, I might not have their surname, but their name is still there. It's very weird. WhatsApp goes, just to let you know, this is Maria. Oh, right. Okay. okay, I I didn't know who that was. Now I know all of Maria's information. You're right. It's a data. It's a data. Look, it's all connected to Facebook. So I don't know why we're all like, I'm not on Facebook, but I'm on like WhatsApp. So it's like. And you're on Instagram. Exactly. So we're all, they've got all our data. They got all our data. That's why I love people who are like, I'm not, you know, not that I'm, I'm not judging anyone out there, uh, but the, with the extreme, you know, people who are like, oh, 5G and the vaccine and I don't want them knowing everything about me. I'm like, they already do. Okay. There is, you are not, there is nothing. You're having a conversation about how you don't want anyone to know about you on Facebook. I don't want to like break, burst the bubble here. Yeah. But they already know everything about you. They know everything. They know everything. Okay. That's the end of the conspiracy theory section. So uh, <laughs> let's... We go on to TV. Mm-hmm. I don't think Maureen's segs are as good as mine. I'm just going to put that out. Jo- Maureen's like no. bored as fuck, so she's like, "Can we move it along, please?" No, that was me being polite. <laughs> I mean, that's the politest I'm going to be, as opposed to for fuck's sake, can we just move Maureen on? Maureen has been bored the whole way through this podcast, and what I've enjoyed the most is like just dragging it out a little bit longer just to see her face. <laughs> deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lauren, you look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to point out. It's called being professional, Alison. Okay, Maureen, let's go to you. What have you been watching on television? Well, I haven't really been watching much. I have been watching a bit of Life After Life, which is a TV series based on the Kate Atkinson book. Yeah, I've read the book. I haven't seen the show. I'm sure the book is brilliant. Where the main conceit is that the main character, she dies, and then they do another thing where if she didn't die and then she lives... So it's like a twist of fate, turn for sixpence and your life can change. At one point she dies as a baby, then she doesn't die as a baby, then she, she dies as a little girl and then she comes back. And I think it works in a novel, on a TV form, you're just watching it going, oh God, she's died again. <laughs> oh, right. Do you see what I mean? You're just like a bit, oh. Because after it happens once or twice, you're like, oh no, oh God, she's died now in a car accident. I wanted to stay with it because I really like Kate Atkinson. yeah. I did enjoy the book, actually. I think it's a great literary conceit. I'm not sure how well it works as TV. But if you want to watch it after that big sale that I've done of it, it's on BBC, on iPlayer. I mean, I can recommend the book. Life After Life it sort of comes as a partner to another book, which is God in Ruins. Oh, yes, which I've read. I've read that one. Yeah, so Life After Life, I think it's about the sister. Yes. And then A God in Ruins is about the brother that goes to war. And actually... <laughs> It's really weird if you read the books one after the other, and I won't give away the twist in it, but it's quite interesting if you've read Life After Life, then the twist in God in Ruins you get. But I read God in Ruins first and then Life After Life, so I read them the wrong way round. But um, they're both really brilliant books and they both have a very interesting conceit in them in the way that they approach the story. But I did really enjoy it, Life After Life. But I, when I found out they're making it into a TV show, I haven't watched it because I thought, I don't know how you're going to do that. I don't yeah. know how you're going to make it without it feeling really repetitive. It does. Because in the book, it jump cuts. So, yes, she does keep dying, but it will jump cut into... So she is now 60, you know. and it, So you kind of know. Yeah, I suppose in the book you accept that as... A, well, it's a literary conceit. Yes, that's the what I was looking for. It's a literary conceit that works really well, but I don't think it's something that would work visually. It would just be like... Yeah. So I don't feel bad that I haven't watched it. No, don't feel bad. I've watched one and a half episodes. Are you going to mm. watch... Mm, probably not. She's not sold. All right, fair enough. I haven't been watching that much because I've been bloody working so much, but I did get back into Stranger Things and I'm on series four and I'm at... Oh, I'm loving it. It's so loving fun. it. Love that series What's it about? so, so much. It's like the Goonies. 
I've never watched The Goonies. What? You have never watched The Goonies. Maureen, sometimes there are some cultural, pop cultural things I need you to do. You need to see no. The Goonies. I've never watched The Goonies. Wow. Never watched Top Gun. You've never watched Top Gun? Wow. Have you ever watched Princess Bride? <gasps> yes, watched Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. What a classic film. Tried to make the kids watch that. It's so good. Yeah, but they were just too young for it. They were like, boring. Mm. I was like, fair <laughs> enough. But Stranger Things is lovely. And Kate Bush back on the charts because of Stranger Things. Yeah, running down that road, running up that hill. Oh, the hill even. <laughs> Warren, you don't have to contradict me every five minutes, okay? Just give me a break for crying out loud. Don't I? Stranger Things is really good. I really recommend it. And I don't know if everybody's on board, I love it. It's one of my favourite shows. And series four, I think, is one of the best. Because I think series three lost me a little bit, but series four has been just brilliant. So I've been really enjoying that. And the other thing that I have been watching is Dolly Alderton's Everything I Know About Love, which is on the BBC. And you can catch it on iPlayer. It's all on there now. And you wouldn't think this would be up the street, but I love the book. And I really am enjoying the series. It's, I mean, it's based on Dolly Alterton's memoir, Everything I Know About Love. And it's these four 20-somethings living in a flat in Camden and it's about their lives. And it is when you think about everything I know about love, it's, you think it's all about sort of um, romantic love. And it is partly that, but it's really about friendship. It's, it's really funny. And it's even though I'm watching it as a woman that's getting close to my 50s, and it's about a bunch of women in their 20s. I still remember what that feels like to be in your 20s and to have that feeling of that freedom. And you, every evening you're like, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Who are we going to meet? Maybe we'll get a boyfriend. Not me, obviously, but, you know. And having that energy to just be like constantly doing stuff and on the move and excited and, and feeling like the horizons are like never ending, that you could do anything or be anyone or go anywhere. Honestly, I wouldn't pick that out as a show if I hadn't read the book I'd be like no I'm not going to watch that but I am really enjoying it so if that's up your street it's all on there at the moment and it's a really good binge watch on BBC Alison what about your horror movie okay I'm taking it a little bit of a different way I've always been a big fan of this movie and on the theme of empathy I'm going to recommend for the horror movie interview with a vampire is what I am recommending. Oh, yeah. A classic. It is a classic. And in my opinion, my favorite Tom Cruise film, because it's the only time he acted. Because <laughs> Tom Cruise is always the same character, right? Except for an interview with a vampire. P.S. The Church of Scientology was not pleased with him when he did that movie. That's another reason why I'm like, go on, oh, Tom. Oh, really? It's the only decision you made of your own. Yeah, they were not pleased, because that was off-brand. Tom is supposed to be just... Good old, you know, American pie. Yeah, so when he did that, they were like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. But I think it's the only movie he ever really acted in. And I love it because this whole film is built on empathy, all right? So we relate to these vampires. We see that... Tom Cruise's character is lonely. So that's why he gets Brad Pitt. Then Brad Pitt becomes a vampire. Then he wants to have a companion but feels guilty. So he doesn't want to make somebody a vampire because he doesn't want to put someone through that. The empathy. But he does. So in this full-blooded movie, Nobleman Louise is bitten by Lestat, a powerful, charismatic vampire. Though enthralled with the undead at first, Louis isn't too keen on killing humans. So to comfort him, Lestat creates a young girl vampire from who then on can't age. 
I still think it stands the test of times. Yes, it is a horror. It falls into the horror category. There's nothing gross. There's not too much blood. But I just think it's a great movie in empathy and understanding. And so that is why I chose Interview with a Vampire. That was one of Tandy Newton's first films, actually. Yeah. Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. I mean, that's a... Yeah. That's not a bad start, is it? Yeah. But Kirsten Dunst, that was obviously her debut. And, you know, often when you look at child actors, you think, well, that'll be the only thing you'll ever be in and we'll never see you again. And her career has obviously just been incredible and she's been fantastic and everything. I think she's such a brilliant actor. But I do too. I mean, it was like there from the get go, wasn't it? But she plays that because at that point, she's obviously she is genuinely a child, but she's playing a person that is like hundreds of years old. Yeah. A full grown woman stuck in this little girl's body. And I just thought, oh, again, there's another lesson in empathy. Think about what that would be. I just the empathy is all throughout this movie, which is why I was like, actually, this is a really good movie to to recommend. And it's on BBC One, everyone. You can go watch it. Yeah, you can just go see it. You can also rent it on Amazon Prime, but this is the first time I've recommended a movie that's been on BBC One, so I was really excited about that, everyone. Yeah, great. That's a great recommendation. I haven't watched it since I watched it in the cinema, which would have been a million years ago. What year would that come out? Do we know? Is that like oh. in the 90s? Yeah, it's got to be the 90s. must have been in the 90s. Alison, thank you for your recommendation. I actually My pleasure. can highly recommend that film. I, I mean, listen, if you haven't seen it, that's bonkers. Yeah, go see it. I haven't seen it. Oh, you should see it, Maureen, just for a hoot. Watch it. It's not really gore. There's actually, there is a couple of moments that you go, but it's not gory. There's blood, but not, no. It's like, it's vampires, so you know there's going to be a little bit of... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think it's a great story. I think it's a good movie. Again, just watching Tom Cruise, I'm like, look at you being something different. I believe they call that acting. Most movie stars play themselves, don't they, generally? Yeah, it drives me crazy. Yeah, like Daniel Day-Lewis is pretty good, isn't he? He's, he's something different in everything. Yeah, but I think that's an exception. A lot of big names, they just basically play themselves. And yeah. yeah. Maureen's going to disagree with anything that you or I say, Alison, and let's take that as the theme of the podcast. <laughs> Maureen Younger, let's head over to you for your culture at Corner. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> well, I thought given that me and Jen tipped our toe in filming, uh, this cultural corner is called Backstage Fun. Oh. So it's about stuff backstage. So I think one of the best films about making a film is a French film called La Nuit Américaine, or in English it's called Day for Night by François Truffaut from 1973. Um, so Jean-Pierre Léo, Jacqueline Bisset and François Truffaut himself. So François Truffaut is a very famous French director, people don't know him, and in this he plays a director. And the first scene itself is brilliant, I won't, I won't give it away, but the opening shot is just amazing. And the film tells a story about a production of a supposed film called Je vous présente Pamela, I want you to meet Pamela, this film is obviously not going to win any Oscars. It's it's like a terrible melodrama. But there's obviously more melodrama backstage. And you just get to see what's going on behind the film. And you kind of feel very sorry for the director at this point because you just realise, you know, actors coming up going, is this costume OK? And he's like, he's got so many things to deal with. But it's a really interesting film in it. Jacqueline Bissett is in it. And she is stunning, absolutely stunning in this movie. It's a really interesting film about cinema and also about all the shenanigans that go on behind. So I'd recommend it if you haven't seen it. Day for night. And that's the term that they use when they shoot during the day, but then they put like a filter on. So it looks like it's a night scene. 
And the other two are play. So I don't know if either of you have heard of these. Playhouse Creatures by April De Angelis from 1993. Fantastic play. April De Angelis plays I never put on anymore for some reason. And it's set in the theatre of 17th century London. So in the 1660, Charles II becomes the king. Now we're a republic. And he allows the theatres to open again. And for the first time in Britain, we have actresses which is a very oh. novel thing in Britain. He'd grown up in France where they had actresses. He allowed women on stage, which was obviously very, some people considered shocking, you know, women. And it deals with the lives of the very first actresses that came on stage. So you have Nell Gwynn, who, and I have to say, I got really annoyed about this. I went to a tour of the Palladium and Nell Gwynn used to act there. And they basically had her portrayed, these character actors portraying various characters from the past. They portrayed her as like a, basically a prostitute. She was an orange seller, but she was also one of the leading actors of the day. Between her and Charles Hart, she was such a popular actor. They used to do comedies. They kept the Palladium from going bust. So she was actually a very, very successful actor. She was more than just a woman who sold oranges, even though that was her, you know, and she was a mistress of the king. It also features Mrs. Betterton, who was the first woman to play the female parts in a lot of Shakespeare's plays. Because up to then, they'd been played by men. So she was the first Juliet. She was the first Lady Macbeth. And it just talks to you about... Because often the early female actresses were considered one up from a prostitute because obviously they were appearing in public. And so it just shows you the effects of how it affects these women's lives. For some, it's a way of gaining power and empowering themselves and making money and a lot of money. And for others, it's just the road to destruction. But it's a brilliant, brilliant play and it gives you a real insight into what the first actresses had to put up with. So, like, you know, I think men could pay to watch the actresses get changed. Grim. Wow. Uh, things have improved slightly. And another play, which I wouldn't read, I would go and see it if it ever comes your way, is Noises Off by Michael Frayne. <gasps> so good. Noises Off is amazing. It's brilliant, isn't it? Have you yeah. seen that, Jen? I haven't, no. Oh, my oh. God, it's fantastic. I saw a production in the West End with Stephen Mangan and it was absolutely hysterical. It is so funny. It's brilliant. It's one of the best comedies ever written. Don't read it. It's all in the performance. Is I it? Because I'm not a massive farce fan. What, what sort of comedy is it? No, no, no. So what it is, it's a play inside a play. So the play inside the play is a farce. Young girls with hardly any clothes on and man dropping his trousers. So that is the play inside the play. But what you see in the first act is like when they're rehearsing it, and they're not ready and everything goes wrong. Second act is behind stage where it's even funny and you see actually what's going on backstage. Yeah. yeah. And then the third bit is when the play's been 10 months on and they all hate each other. <laughs> I mean, we got sick and tired of repeating our lines after two days. Can you imagine you're 10 months in a play with people I you hate or people that you've had sex with and now you hate each other because yeah, they're, yeah. they're having sex with someone else? All you're trying to do is ruin their performance. And it's a just complete... It's, honestly, it gets funnier and funnier and funnier. It's a great tour de force for comedic actors. So if you get a chance to see it... Where did you see it, Alison? Did you see it in Canada? Yeah, I saw it in Canada. So I just saw it as a high school. I remember watching that and it was... So funny because it's like you said, it's almost like three plays within a play. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Getting so in depth, and to me, as a you know drama geek growing up, I think that's a great demonstration of what it is like being a part of theater. Like, yeah, to me, it's almost like, oh yeah, that's real life. Like when I watched it, I was like, that is, it's so funny. And obviously, Stephen Mangan. Can you imagine Stephen Mangan in the lead role was just? They made it into a movie, didn't they? I don't know what the movie's. Oh, like. did they make it into a movie? Yeah, they did. They made it into a movie as With well. Michael Caine. 
I watched it years ago because, again, after we watched that in a th- school, we watched the movie. This was part of the whole process of, like, you know. what. Yeah. And the movie is good. The movie is good, but I'm still with you, Maureen. Even if it's not that great of a theater, if it's a small, I would still go see. Yeah, because it's a stage thing and you're on the stage and you, yeah. you get really involved in it. Right, well, keep an eye out for that, should that ever come back out, which I'm sure it will at some point. I'm sure it will be out. It's a classic. Brilliant. Mm. Thank you very much, Maureen, for your cultural corner. Oh, that got me excited. Sorry, Maureen, I got real pepped up about Noises Off. I was like, oh, my God, I love that play. Such a good choice. Look, we've talked about a lot of things, but I don't want to talk about things we love anymore. I want to get over into Jen's corner, and I want to find out, Jen, what the hell's getting your goat this week? Oh, well, let's talk about it. The really important things. Let's really, like, address them head on. What gets on my nerves is turning up to what is a chain coffee shop, a place that only sells coffee. That's all they sell. They're not selling you anything else. They're not pretending to sell you anything else. They're actually referred to as a coffee chain. You'll know them. They're everywhere. You go into any um, major uh, city centre or even minor city centre or even not even a city, just a tiny little village. And there you'll find yourself with the confronted by a chain of some kind. Some of them begin with C and end in A. I don't know if you're aware of those. There they are, selling coffee and really, really disgusting sandwiches. Well, what I would like to say to these people is if you are selling coffee, please understand what coffee you're selling. Do not just only, whatever you order, you get the same fucking coffee. Could I have an Americano with milk, please? It's a latte. Could I have a flat white, please? It's a latte. Could I have a latte, please? It's a latte. Listen, A flat white is not a latte. That's what I'm trying to say. If I'm ordering a flat white, could I please get a flat white? What I do not want is a latte. Now, I don't know if there are any other flat white drinkers out there, but I am not a person that wants six pints of milk with my coffee. I don't want it. I want a small shot of coffee topped up with a little bit of milk, some foam, and then I want to slam it into my face because I want caffeine. What I don't want to have to do is drink what is basically a jug of milk to to achieve the equivalent caffeine rush. That's why flat whites exist. It's for people who don't want all of that bloody milk. And I don't want a latte when I've ordered a flat fucking white. So please, could you understand what a flat white is? And please, for the love of God, give it to me when I order one. And that is what I am annoyed about and it's got my goat. Thank you very much. Goodbye. I think that is a very valid point. I don't understand why they have flat white on the menu if it's just exactly the same as a latte. Yep. When you order a flat white, I, I felt like saying to them, what do you do differently with a latte? Because it's the same drink. I think they just think it's a flat white and you've asked for that. So I'm giving you a flat white. No, you're not. You're giving me a latte. I mean, am I wrong? No. It's a smaller volume of milk, okay, with two shots of coffee. The milk has to be whole milk and then it has froth on the top, okay? That's what it is. I think there's an exact amount of milk that you put in a flat white that isn't in a latte, okay? I'm going to have to look it up. But it's a higher proportion of coffee to milk, whereas a latte is a higher proportion of milk to coffee. That is the difference. I think that that difference is quite big. More coffee, less milk. More milk, less coffee. Can anyone else get why I'm annoyed? Maureen doesn't understand it. She's like not on board. Do you get it, Alison? 
Are you with me? Jen, I completely understand because that is why I don't get lattes because I don't want that much bloody milk. If you're going to have a coffee, you want a coffee. So I am with you on that. Yeah, I want the dominating flavour to be coffee. I want coffee. I don't want the dominating flavour to be milk. Yeah? Yeah. That's it. I mean, I've let it go now. It's fine. I don't, I will not go to that place. But unfortunately, when we were filming, we were in a market. <laughs> they didn't really have anything else. I kept asking. a cappuccino and a latte. It's all the same. They're just like cappuccino. Pumping it's out. a latte. Yeah. A latte is a latte. A flat white's a latte. A cortado's a latte. <laughs> cappuccino has the chocolate sprinkles on top. That's the only difference. There you go. Boom. On your way. Yeah. I mean, somebody ordered something like a frappuccino. Turned out it was a latte. Yeah. I'll have a freshly squeezed orange juice. Oh, it was a latte. It's like, I don't think you know what you're doing. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I'll have a hot chocolate. It was a latte. You get one. This joke could go on for longer than it's necessary. Well, that's my goat gotted. And what a delight this episode has been. I have enjoyed 65% of it. Um, <laughs> Which is actually quite good for me in terms of just generally in my life. If I'm over 50%, I'm actually winning. <laughs> and what could be better than ending this podcast with a song? Away you go. <laughs> Look at the faces. Are we really? All right. <laughs> Alison's like, Hello. what? We didn't talk about this. I mean, I'll end on a song. That's fine. Uh... You're the only one of us who can sing. I know. God help it if Warren and I were to sing. I disagree. I think our goal is to find you guys your perfect karaoke songs this year. If you have suggestions for Maureen and Jen, let's find them karaoke songs. And at the end of the year, we'll do a big karaoke special. I'm every woman. Yeah. Dear God. Switch this off now. <laughs> Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Or you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that do. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.